Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Well met, fellow adventurers. Once again, we are with the Silver Quest, and it is time to do the adventure called Moldworm. The towering creature of living rock stretches wide its gaping jaws and bellows with rage. As its weighty fist slams into the earth, leave behind a shallow crater on the spot of ground you occupied only a split second start the adventure this could be normal or scared I'll do it normal here we go early one afternoon Easter Trithic on a forest road leading up to the village of Moldrum a battle wages you limbly dog you spring limbly to your left barely dodging the deadly swipe of your stoner your, your foe's massive arm the towering creature of living rock stretches wide its gaping jaws and bellows with rage as its weighty fist slams into the earth, leaving behind a shallow crater on the spot of ground you occupied only a split second ago. A torrent of dirt showers you as the elemental terror wenches its hand free from the ground and prepares to deliver another strike. So I can attack or flee. Yeah, I'll take it. With no desire to continue trying to dodge the stone Benemoth's savage blows, you brazenly leap forward and attack, hopeful that you'll be able to put down the earthen menace. It's some sort of stone creature. Hopefully, when we get back... When we get back to the beginning, because we are starting in media res, we'll have some idea what it is, and how it got there, and what it's doing. Stone teach creature swatted through his massive fist, devastating blow for 31 damage. Keep going, keep going, another devastating blow, and it is slain. 8 XP. You leap back as the massive being of stone crumples into a heap of shattered rock in the middle of the road. Looking up from the remains of your stone creature, you're dismayed to see several more of the lumbering rock giants making their way along the road. Your heart immediately sinks when you realise the terrifying stone benemoths are coming from the direction of Moldworm. Very impressive, but there is no end to these things. Get to the woods. The swill, authoritative, and decidedly feminine voice wings out from behind you. Startled by the sudden cry, you spin to find a young woman, her face bloodied and her green tunic hanging in tatters, hurrying across the road, her eyes darting between you and the encroaching stone terrace. The young woman rushes towards the edge of the forest, tugging at your arm as she passes. Come on! I told you! Get to the woods! Your eyes follow the young woman as she dashes towards the forest. Three stone creatures stomping swiftly along the road will soon be upon you. Uh, hold my ground and engage them? Uncertain of the young woman's identity and motives, you defiantly hold your ground as the stone Benamar swiftly dare bear down upon you. Within moments, the first of the towering stone creatures draws up to you and attacks. It's a stone creature... Swats at you with his massive fist, devastating blow for 21 damage, another 23 damage. Yeah, these are pretty dam damaging. Another devastating blow. Gonna fight aggressively, that'll get it done with quicker. 8 XP. You leap over the remains of the massive stone creature and engage the next of the towering rock beings. Alright, no, no chance to heal between the fights. Alright, because you can't hear with the starting battle scream is on the devastating blow for 22 damage and it is slain with battle rage. Another 8 XP. 
You fall back from the remains of the second stone creature, just as the third member of the deadly trio stomps forward, its massive fist poised to strike as another stone creature. Swats you with his massive fist, devastating blow for 29 damage. Keep going, keep going, devastating blow of 32 damage. It's got off most they've got off most of my health now. And they are slain. 9 XP. The rush of elation you experience as the third of the mass- massive stone creatures crumples into a heap of rubble is short-lived. Moving swiftly along towards you along the road, from the direction of Maldum are three more of the, of the rock giants. With no desire to engage an aimless parade of the deadly elementals, you dash off the road and stumble into the forest, praying the thick foliage will pro- provide you with that. Adequate cover. There is no sign of the young woman to be had, as you hurriedly push your way deeper into the woods. The sound of the massive stone being stomping into the forest behind you is all the motivation you need to pick up your already dogged pace. Over here! A sudden cry startles you, and you whip your head to the white to find the young woman standing several yards away. Her wide eyes continuously dark, darting back and forth in the direction of the world. They won't follow us far in here, she says, washing over to your side and pointing deeper into the forest. Come on, we've got to get a little bit further to be sure of that. You follow her as she nim- nimbly slips through the dense undergrowth, moving adequately through the thick of the wood, following a course that meanders mostly east and north. After only a few minutes, you no longer hear the sound of pursuits. A quick glance over your shoulder confirms that stone creatures are nowhere in sight. The edge of the washing stream, the two of you draw to a halt. The woman sits down on the trunk of a fallen oak and begins to tend to a rather nasty wound on her leg. The old, the old woman finishes tying off a strip, strip of cloth circling her thigh and looks up at you smiling impishly. A broad red scrape on her upper left cheek betrays a recent blow that came dangerously close to taking her eye. She blows back a swath of, swath of matted brown hair and pointedly inquires about the reason for your seemingly timely arrival in Maldwin. I don't suppose you know anything about these things, do you? Well, I know plenty. I've been following the man responsible for them the man who supposedly controlled these things, but I haven't been able to catch up with him. Yet. If I caught up with, up with him, I dare say none of this would happen. I'm a layer. I already know who you are. And I must say, wow, Matt! Alonia, who seems to be constantly and nervously glancing in all directions, confesses he's had dealings with the Silver Quest in the recent past, and while you and she have never before met, She's dealt with with Prithim and Iskadar on several occasions. She calls once or twice, having caught sight of him. You, you're something of a legend, you know, she says, smiling awkwardly. I can't imagine there are too many places you can go. Go where folks don't know who you are. I, I don't mean to embarrass you, but facts are, after all, facts. Still, that doesn't explain what you're doing here. Is the Silver Quest also after Blue Boots? As you relate, relate to the young woman the chain of events that led up to your encounter with the stone creatures on the forest road, and in turn to this very moment, the details of the mission that brought you here come flooding back. Earlier this very morning, not long after a break in the day, in the headquarters of the Silver Quest, and therefore, it should stand to reason that a well-tended blade ought to be just as effective against a troll as any hammer, says Prithen, raising an eyebrow and glancing over at Isquidar, who shakes his head and slips and sips from the steering vessel of bitterly strong paleo. Wouldn't you agree, Sir Crokington? Having been only half listening to what is seemingly another brewing ar- argument between Prithen and Isquidar, you look up and find the former staring at you intently. He frowns playfully and nods in Isquidar's direction. Isquidar, now now facing away from Prithen, continues to slip at the paleo, whilst, 
while slowly turning the pages of an old book. Well, what have you to say? presses Pritham. I very much in doubt you have nothing to all to add. You think you agree with me? Is that so? Best you can tell. Pritham is arguing that swords are as effective as hammers against trolls. Alright, so I've got four options, but I don't think they'll actually... I don't... They're not going to have any long-term effect. Because these folks always argue, and they always make up. Announce you agree with Prithen, Iskadar. Announce you agree with neither of them. Refuse to get involved with the pursuit. Uh, neither of them. Your eyes seem to startle both men. Prithen narrows his eyes and fixes you with a curious gaze. Iskadar turns and regards you. It could only be described as a somewhat suspicious stare. Well, it's all well and good to say so, says Pritham, seemingly slightly put off by the fact you don't agree with him. But you have to... But you have to have a suitable counter. Is there something better than both a hammer and a sword against a troll? Obviously the troll bond! I mean, I'm not going to fight a troll without the troll bond, because the bond is just so much fun! A troll bond! I have to say, I've heard you mention that thing before, says Prithen. Made specifically to crack trolls with. Most interesting when you say it was dar. Still, I think I'll have to see him in action before I can be completely convinced of his merits. Very interesting choice, though. We can always count on you for a fresh perspective on things. Iskwadar looks over, regards you with a fleeting, curious glance, before turning his attention to Book and Paleo before me. Oh well. Never mind any of that, says Pritham. By the way, Sir Cokington, I think I've something that's right along your line. If you'll pardon the expression. I've received a rather puzzling note from a friend of ours who has the grim misfortune of making his abode in a little village known as Maldwin. Silver Quare. Pritham tells you that a long-time friend and associate of the Silver Quest, a man by the name of Wefro, recently sent word that he had made a discovery in Maldron, and that he felt, he felt warranted he felt warranted the immediate ter- attention of Tyson's most illustrious monster hunting outfit. As Wiffle poses a keen interest in the dramatic, and is prone to bouts of exaggeration, I was hesitant to make his report or priority Prithen. I suppose I ought to consult you with you on that matter. Certainly didn't want to trouble you with what might be nothing more than a lonely man seeking a roundabout way of soliciting a visit from old friends. In any event, I think we probably do owe him a visit. Would you care to read his letter or shall I give you my view on it? I think I'll read the letter. Prithen hands you the letter he received from Whiffle and fetches himself a mug of paleo while you set about reading. Your eyes carefully scour the heat. The neat script inked into the whippled, paint, weather-stained sheet. Dear Prithen, I hope these findings from Maldron fi- tidings from Maldron find you well. Please give my warmest regard to your most illustrious fellow members of the Silver Quest. I dare say I've found something in the village that warrants an immediate investigation. I'll say no more, as you need to see it with your own eyes. I suspect... I rather hope to see a lot of you quite soon, so that together we may come to the bottom of it. Yours, puzzled and mildly alarmed, Wethwell. You had the letter back to Pritham. He uh, he refolds the note and tucks it away in his pocket on the inside of his scarred leather vest. In his usual cryptic style, he sends word to us announcing he's found something. That he believes, or I'm left to presume. Um, is perhaps day, or let's presume is perhaps dangerous and worthy of attention. He says, "Any investigation we undertake is likely to prove otherwise." Of course, but he's a very dear old friend, and his dial reports have once or twice in the past, mind been quite on the mark. I believe we should make the trip to Maldwin, and nothing else it would certainly serve to set his mind at ease. 
You immediately realise that Prithum is once again attempting to saddle you with the task of travelling to Maldrum to investigate whatever strange discovery that that Withwell has made that Wed- Withwell has recently made. Now here again, I can try to get the p- other members of the Silver Quest to do something. And we know from experience that it's not going to work. But I'm going to see what they say. Try Teak first. Prithen shrugs and sighs. When you suggest that Teak be the one to carry out the task of travelling to Maldron to investigate Wethel's claims. If only we knew more about his comings and goings, he says, shaking his head. You always seem to be off somewhere, just doing something. For no one ever seems to know just what... I don't think he could be counted on at present to tackle this job. Uh, okay, uh, Pritham then. Pritham laughs and slaps you on the shoulder when you make the not-so-subtle suggestion. So he should be the one to make the trek to Moldrum and investigate Wherefore's claim. There are several very good reasons why I can, I can never again set foot in Moldrum, he said. His smile quif- swiftly fading as his voice adopts a grim tone. I needn't beset you with the various details. Besides is to say, that I might find myself that I might very well find myself in the most uncomfortable circumstance should I dare to return to that village. Wherefore did allude to this in his letter, more more or less. I I don't I don't think he did. Okay, okay. Maybe Iskridar. Prithen shakes his head sadly and sighs. And sighs. When you suggest Iskradar be the one to count the task of trekking to Muldrun and investigate Wethel's claim, Iskradar is, I'm afraid, still tending to a rather tricky bit on his ankle, he says, lowering his voice as if he fears being overheard. I think with just a bit more rest, he'd be ready for whatever you wish to send his way. Alright, obviously i got to end up doing it myself. Accept the task yourself. But at least they think of different excuses for everyone. With no desire to continue to accept, attempt to get any of your fellow members of the Silver... Fellow Quest members to tackle the job. You quietly announce to Prithen that you will take on the task. Yes, a very prudent decision, he says. I think it will be the best this way. Well, I suppose that's that. You do know where Maldrum is, don't you? Prithen shows you the location of Maldrum on a tattered map that's forever hung just to the right of the door. You will need to find the village is only a few miles east of Trithic. Prithen tells you that Maldrum is a somewhat miserable place, who refuses to believe the legend of supposed curse that hangs over the settlement. Childish prattle is what all that curse of Maldrum announced to, he says, frowning. Teak would tell you otherwise, of course, but as we've already established, he's not here. Prithen tells you that Wethel, at those insistence you'll be making the trek to Maldrum, is a short, amiable, middle-aged fellow with bright reddish hair who, despite not possessing any magical ability, is quite learned in spell lore and general arcanum. He's odd, though, he says, his brow frowning. Well, not quite odd in any classic sense, though I would say instead no. No, I think odd, odd sums him right up. Yes, he's odd. But also very nice. There. Now we have it. He's nice and odd. Oh, well, that's a good combination. Setting out for Maldrum, e- eager to discover for yourself the source of Wethel's exposed concern, you run to a you wander about the quest egg sorters, seeking anything you think might be prove, proved to be of use in the impending task. While poking about the cluttered space, you find something you'd forgotten about. Covered in dust, resting in the corner. What is it you found? I found a court there's a court I could find a coil of enchanted rope, an enchanted tackerback feather, and a cracked but enchanted silver horn. Now, apparently all three of the items can help at some point. Now, I know the feather can help at one point. So, because it, it comes in, in at one time I managed to actually get it to do something. It, it, came, it 
came to it animated itself and tickled someone and thus paused them mainly so we could catch them but the, what the other items do here yeah well, I can't choose time for random.org silly me not bring it up in advance here it comes here it comes here it comes Whoa, here it comes. Child numbers, they'll choose you up. Alright. I'll pick one to three. See what I get. It's three. We're going to pick a cracked but enchanted silver horn. You pick up the cracked silver horn and carefully examine it. The horn is caked with dust in a rather sorry state of disrepair. After blowing off most of the dust, however, the huntsman's blower, as they're commonly called throughout the North Borthlands, begins to look somewhat like it did when Iskridar first returned to the headquarters. The horn, which Iskridar claims to have attained from a painted peddler, in exchange for a sack of gold and two wings bearing lesser enchantments, was said to have been infused with magic, without its sounding to momentarily confuse all within earshot, save for he or she. Who sounded it, of course. One day, after the horn failed to spare him from a band of enraged mountain goblins, he sort did a better job of it. Iskridar tossed it aside and never paid the instrument any mind. Believing there was still viable magic alive within the horn, and that it may prove useful, you quickly stash it away amongst your other possessions. Okay, I have a cracked silver horn. Uh, looking at it closer... Iskadar obtained this cracked horn, this cracked and silver horn, silver huntsman's horn from the painted peddler in exchange for a sack of gold and two magical wings. A painted peddler that we can also visit and obtain a wing that you, that it currently isn't that good and very expensive. But it does give you access to a brand new area. Allowing you to get one of the most powerful items in the powerful combat items in the game. So might be worth going to. According to what Iskritar learned from the peddler, the horn, when sounded, will serve to momentarily confuse all within bowshot, save for the bower. After the horn failed to spare him from a band of mountain goblins, his sword did a better job of it. Iskridar tossed it aside and never paid it any mind. With that, you you bid a somewhat face hasty farewell to Pritham and Iskridar before leaving the headquarters and embarking on what you hope would be a short and uneventful trek to Muldren. <coughs> well, we know it's not going to be uneventful, and whether it's short or not remains to be seen. Back in the present, in the forest outside Muldren, Alea nods non-slowly when you conclude your narrative by describing to her your first you encounter with the first of the stone creatures upon your arrival in the outskirts of the village. So this Wefrel character must know something about all of this, she says, wincing as she adjusts the strip of cloth binding her leg. Do you know much about him, Wefrel, I mean? You confess you've never met Wefrel and know only what Wefrel has told you. Interesting, he says. Well, I'm sure I know... More than aught about this, that much is sure. But I can't say I've ever heard any mention of Wethel. Anyway, all of this is Bluebird's doing. How do I know? Well, I know. I know just how he is and what he's up to. He used to be his apprentice. Sort of. Wethel, I told you that Bluebird's, whose real name is Lorwick Thalshaven, is a powerful spellcaster and a known outlaw whose misdeeds include robbery, extortion, and murder. You learn that Blue Boats is a... Ma Blue Boots, not Boats. <laughs> a silly name. Blue Boots is a master elementalist, whose speciality is command over earth and stone, hence the stone creatures you've just encountered. Why is he called Blue Boots, she says, repeating your question. Well, he once wore a pair of magical Blue Boots. I don't know what to count for them. I've not seen him with them for a 
for a long, good long while. So there you have it. He no longer wears blue boots, but he's still known as Blue Boots. I suppose it no longer makes much sense. When you inquire about what she said about having been the mage's former apprentice, she sighs and nods slowly. That was a few years back, she says. I've regretted my decision, decision to seek his instruction ever since mind. I don't know what he's seeking in the, vi- in the village, but this wherefore you mentioned might. You can wager that whatever it is, it suits blue boots and will prove to the detriment of everyone else. Aurelia falls silent and gazes warily in all directions. You probably don't know, but these things, they're called stone hurlers, she says, slowly raising her left arm to inspect the broad scrape. They looks to have come within an inch of taking her eye. They're among Noilik's favourite tricks. You can even think of them as that. That. Maldwin's not the first place in which they've turned up. But you and I can see to it, and it's the last. When you ask why they're called stone hurlers, Alayla fixes you with a puzzled look and snirks before replying. I think I gave them a name, she says. Actually, I don't know that I recall ever seeing one hurl a stone. At least not in recent memory. I think the name's Stitting, though. Don't you? Eh. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you have a bit of a pattern of having names that aren't that helpful. Blue boots from a guy without blue boots and stone hurlers that don't hurl stones. Ah. You inquire about the nature of Meldrum. Leo tells you from what she was observed. The village hasn't seen much destruction at the hands of the stone hurlers. She says that this means that Blue Boots is looking for someone in the village. I don't even know that he means for these <coughs> beasts to be so destructive, she says. I just think he doesn't have a very good control over them. You think this set of things would attract the attention of those who might be moved to do something about it? Of the nose, I mean. Well, looks like we're going to have to do it. You coming with me? Alea stands up and returns to the east. She steps over the stream and then looks back at you expectantly. Come on, got to get to work against blue boots. Uh, I'll move off with her. I could not get not get involved, but what what happens? I'm not sure. Yeah, if you if you if you decide not to get involved, the quest ends and you get a pittance of XP. So obviously, I'm going to move off with her. As you hurriedly. As you hurry along through the forest, skirting the northern edge of Moldrum, your newfound companion tells you that the stone hurlers will be guarding the village until Blue Boots has concluded whatever nefarious business has brought him here. You know, not to make a labour of it, she says, adirtly slipping through the heart of a tangled thicket. But we need to be careful around these stone hurlers, as you've already found out, which means actually I'm going to take this time to heal. There. Yeah, that, that, that's as much as I can do now. He can call them out of the earth whenever it suits him. That's a scary thought, isn't it? And even though he's a very powerful caster, his magic is kind of unpredictable. In fact, he sometimes loses control of the stone hurlers. At other times, he has no control over them from the start. It's all very scary, with all the makings of a bad end. The two of you reach the edge of the wood and find yourself looking over a broad meadow that runs up to the north side of the village centre, a cluster of dilapidated wooden structures, several of which seem near to collapse, are crowded around the small square. There was no sign of anyone about. Sad, isn't it? says Elaria, poking you in the arm and then waving her hand over the scene spread out before you. I suppose this place is typical of many settlements hereabout. Not much chance of Blue Boots and his stone hurlers doing any real damage here. What do I could possibly be looking for? Hope the fact we don't see anyone around means that everyone either ran away or is hiding. You asked earlier about the other place in which Blue Boots and his stone hurlers had previously turned up. She regards you with a puzzled look that swiftly transforms into a smirk. I didn't know you were listening all that closely, she says, yes. They've been, 
They've been places further out than this. Small settlements on the eastern border mostly, but why? Why those places? What is he looking for? Actually, I think the question should be, who is he looking for? And what does... Olea falls silent and points in the direction of the village. Even before you begin, she begins her hurried gesture. Your eyes are quickly locked, locked onto the cause for a sudden distress. Moving along Muldron's main thoroughfare, slowly approaching the cluster of buildings is a tall, white-bearded man in black robes. Stomping along at his heels is a group of six stone hurlers. Well, if they're stomping along beside him, at least they're controlled. You immediately ask her earlier if you're looking at Blue Boots. She turns to you and nods. I mean, it'd be a lot easier to, to identify him if he still had his Blue Boots. The mage and his stone minions are approximately... Only a hundred yards distant. Should we watch him see what he does, or... What should we do now? So Sarah, looking over at you. Suggest you move on Blue Boots at once, or suggest you watch Blue Boots. Uh, move on at once. Yeah, this seems in full agreement with suggested course of action. Together, the two of you move stealthily along the edge of the forest, as you reach the far eastern side of the meadow. Then... You hurry along the tree line and soon find yourself stepping out onto the broad dirt, la- broad dirt lane that runs directly into the village. Standing at the edge of the lane, end of the lane, where a rectangular slab of rock that serves as his upper body turned turned away from you is a solitary stone hurler. The menacing creature appears to be keeping watch over the village square. Your companion's expression twists into a hateful glare. As the village fingers of his right, of his left hand, come to rest on the triangular jade amulet hanging from a scrap of leather around her leg. We need to take him down quickly. He, she whispers. They all come running once this thing starts spelling. Together, you and me, want to handle it. Alright, so... So, I could attack. Earlier uh, could attack. I could attack. We could attack together. Or ask you, let's attack together. Alea nods, and the two of you waste no time putting your, your plan into action. Together, you move swiftly along the lane, and you within only a few yards of the unsuspecting stone hurler. Alea steps up behind the towering creature and thrusts out her hand. Her body shakes as a series of loud groans rise into the air and echo along the street as the massive rock beam begins to crumble. As the shattering menace turns to confront the assailants, you spring forward and attack, seeking to finish off the elemental terror. Alright, shouldn't be that hard then, because it's all shaking and coming apart. Just needs a few more pokes to, to get everything out, get all the bits separate. Stone creature. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Oh, Stone Hurler. Stone Hurler swats at you with his massive fists. And now, now, now that we know its name, or at least the name it's ended up with, devastating blow for 32 damage, it says its name in the attack. Keep going, keep going, keep going, and it is slain. Of course, that doesn't help because Blue Boots can just keep summoning more. Well, I'm not sure. There's probably a limit to how many he could summon, and an even lower limit to how many he can control. But still, you can probably summon a lot of them. 7 XP. Only a heap of shattered, shattered stone remains to mark the spot where the towering elemental menace once stood. Much to your astonishment, despite the din that accompanied the hurler's destruction, all indications are of the event that's gone unnoticed. Leila washes past you, menacing for you to move along with her.
You and Alaya reach the end of the lane and peer out across the village square. Boom, blue Boots and his stick stone hurlers are still milling about in front of a wooden building on the far side of the quadrangle. Crouching down behind a wooden cart at the edge of the street, the two of you watch as Blue Boots steps into the building. He returns moments later, dragging an elderly man with a short white short beard by his neck. The black road mage unceremoniously dumped his struggling captive onto the lane in front of one of his stone hurlers. Who is that? Do you know him? asks Allah. I don't like how this looks. What do you think? You shake your head in response to her first two queries. You're quick to note that the man now at the mercy of Blue Boots and his minions does not match the description of Wefful provided to you by Prithen. As the two of you, you watch a disturbing scene unfold, it becomes apparent that Blue Boots is aggressively questioning the man he retrieved from the building. For you cannot make out what's being said. It's clear that Blue, Blue Boots is growing increasingly angry. The stone hurler that's towering over the supine, supine white-bearded man groans ominously as it shifts his massive weight. Alela, expression betraying the dark turn of her thoughts, glances at you nervously. What, what is he going to do? Do you think? What should you... What should we do? So I have three options now. I could intervene immediately, move closer, or continue to watch from here. Really, I I don't know. So, when I don't know, random.org. Two. I'm going to move closer. You tell earlier. You should try to get closer to see what you can about the scene that's unfolding. She nods in agreement, and at once the two of you set off across the square, moving as swiftly and stealthily as the limited cover allows. Picking a number. Bonus of 47. 19 from Feathery. Feathery, 19 from Agility, and 9 from Luck. Okay, I can... Well, I can, I don't need to equip the Troll Bont. What if I equip the Spruce Sprasher? And I refresh then, and there we are. That's got me one extra agility. Can't really do anything about the luck right now. But still, it's better. It's better. Well, there are things I can equip. Well, I can equip the glittering ice shield now. That gets, gets, gets all my stats up. I'm not fighting a troll, so I don't need a troll bond. Okay, it's 48 total. Pick now. Got to get 50. 60, success. With expert speed and stealth, the two of you steal across the square, drawing to within within less than 20 yards of blue boats and his towering stone minions. The bearded man lying on the ground is pleading for his life, telling blue boats he does not know where to find Wethwell. Your heart skips a beat when you immediately recognise the name of the man whose letter to Prithen is the very reason you're here. Alina flashes you a concerned look. We have to do something now, she says, almost snarling the last word. Alright, well, okay. Well, she, she says so. I could. Let's intervene immediately. Okay. Yeah, I, I think. Blue Boots is going to get angry if this goes on much longer. And I think that could end badly for other people. Intervene immediately. He goes to Lalania. The young woman nods, and in a blink of an eye, the two of you bound forward, dashing wildly to the aid of the man, now seemingly the mercy of Blue Boots and his stone terrors, within only a few yards of the mage when he suddenly looks up. Clearly startled, who has spotted you. He immediately shouts for the stone hurlers to intercept your approach, and without delay, the six, sum- six lumbering rock benemos stomp into your path, for- forming a formidable barrier between you and the blue bots. Take the right! I've got the left! shouts Elenia as she moves to the left, drawing the attention of two of the stone hurlers. It's at that precise moment you realise you've been left to deal 
with four of the towering elemental towers. Fair, fair enough, I am almost certainly much, much more skilled. The first of which steps forward to meet your bold advance. Alright, it's the first stone hurler. I swing my club. This spruce smasher. Devastating blow for 30 damage. I want my devastating blows. Devastating blow for 31 damage. Oh, it is slain. 8 XP. You leap over the remains of the first stone hurler and valiantly engage the second of the Wok Benemoths. The stone hurler swats at you with his massive fists and I go into a battle wage. The Waller, the Smasher, wallops your foe for 9 damage. That wasn't a very long battle wage. Smasher wallops your foe for 13 damage and then 8 damage. Pretty common specials. The enemy deals you devastating blow for 18 damage. And it is slain with another battle wage. 8 XP. There's no time to catch your breath or heal. You stumble away from the toppling remains of the stained stone hurler, only to find yourself confronted by another of the towering terrors, stone hurler. The stone hurler swatches you with his massive fists. Keep going, keep going, keep going. Devastating blow. Keep going, keep going. Another devastating blow. It is slain with the, the walloping special. 8 XP. Breathing hard with sweat pouring down your brow. You steadily you steady yourself and assume a defensive stance as the fourth stone hurler, its massive fist poised to strike, stomps forward and attacks. It's another stone hurler. I think this is the last of them. Well, for now, because he, he can summon more. Oh, and I go into battle wage. Duh, stop uh, doing bad things! Duh. It is slain. 8 XP. You turn and find Elenia still facing down one of the stone hurlers. The massive stone elemental stomps towards you, its broad fist swatting in a deadly ribbon. Rhythm as it mercilessly advances. With a grunt, the young woman thrusts her hand towards the towering menace. A series of loud groans rise into the air as, as the giant creature promptly collapses into a heap of shattered stone. <laughs> That's probably more effective than just hitting it. But I think it takes more time to set up. Uh, Alenia turns and rushes towards you, drawing ragged gasps as she reaches for your side. Hmm. In the wake of the Stone Hurler's defeat, both you and Elia quickly scour the area. There is no sign of either Boo Boots or the man he held from the building. The structure which you now realise is the village meeting halls. We've got to find him, says Elenia, her tone suddenly grim. We better do it quickly. He's not going to stay around here for very long. Not after, not after just watching us destroy stone hurlers. That old man, whoever he is, is in danger. Alright, I'm going to heal myself now that I've got a ch now I have a time to take a few breaths. And that's done, fully healed. Realising that you need to act quickly if you're to find the old man taken captive by Blue Boots. You ask Alelia where she thinks the mage might have gone. She tells you it's possible he fled Mordwin entirely after discovering he faced an unexpected level of opposition. You iterate to Alelia that the man... The man killed by the stone hurler was not wherefore, or at least. Wait, no, wait. The the man hasn't been killed. The man captured by the stone hurler was not wherefore, at least not who's who's described to you by Pritham. That bodes well forever. Wherefore is she says. I heard bl blue boots ask the old man about wherefore, but that doesn't change the fact that the old man. The old man with blue boots is in great danger, and I think, suddenly. Alright. It's a great pleasure. It is with great pleasure I find my most promising 
apprentice still trying to play at being some sort of hero. The thin, swill voice erupts out of nowhere, startling both you and Elena. The young woman's head whips in all directions as she desperately seeks to discover the location of the speaker. And you! continues the voice, visualising your left, but quickly passing to your right. I suppose the illustrious Silver Crest has nothing better with which to occupy its time. Not right right now. This does... We are monster slayers, and you're making a lot of monsters, so it's kind of in our... It's it's our it's our it's in our wheelhouse. It's right in our wheelhouse, like 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 two three meters from the walls of our wheelhouse, way inside it, way inside it. It's it's in our wheelhouse, and we put a little blanket over it. That's how deep in our wheelhouse it is. If the two of the two of you didn't make. For such a pathetic sight, I'd have done away with both of you. Let it never be said I don't retain a penchant for pity. Elena, slowly turning about, her eyes scouring the village square for any sign of the unseen mate, calls out for Blue Boots to show himself. Almost immediately, a tall, black-robed man with a long white beard appears in the centre of the quadrangle. <gasps> I think he's a wizard. <laughs> uh, and probably, although admittedly I already knew that from all the magic he did, the elderly mage, his bald head glinting f- fiercely in the sun, scowls and folds his arms defiantly. For several... For several long moments, no one speaks. Alania, having drawn herself into a defensive stance a few yards to your right, glares contemptuously at her former master. Blue Boots returns her stare with a derisive, largely disinterested look, as he also which he also repeatedly casts in your direction. With your thoughts still fit, fixed on the unknown fate. The old man, blue boots dragged from the building. You boldly take action. So there are three options I can choose. I could demand to know the fate of the old man. Demand blue boots surrender himself. I don't think he's going to do that. I think he'll just summon more stone howlers. I can attack him and he'll just summon more stone howlers. But maybe he might tell us the fate of the old man. He might. So that I think that's the one that's likely to get to anywhere anything other than an immediate fight. Also, the old man he, he, we don't know he needs he might need help, and if he needs help, he should we should give it to him. Glad to know the fate of the old man. Bluebird's expression changes from a scowl into a look of bewildered astonishment. Scowl swiftly returns, however, and the mage, his arms now tightly folded across his chest, rolls his eyes. You can guess at that as well as I can, he says. I came how came came here to meet out some justice to a cowardly murder of men. It grieves me to think you might have suspected me of something altogether foul. He vanished, as any half-decent mage might possess the power to do. Do you really remember nothing from my tutelage, dear Elena? Elena steers and adjusts her stance, maintaining a defensive posture. She glances at you before returning her gaze to Blue Boots and addressing him. We're not interested in anything you have to say, she says. The sudden harsh leg of a voice has shockingly changed. You've now been asked to surrender yourself to us. Consider yourself fortunate to get that chance. Blue Boots takes a step back, glancing at his heels as he moves. As if he fears stumbling, with his arms still folded, he sighs and shakes his head. I came here, seeking to resolve a couple of grievances, he says. His thin, schwin voice echoing through your heads. One of these is resolved. The other remains a task I look forward to completing. The two of you are an obstruction. A very minor obstruction. But an obstruction nonetheless. 
It pains me some to know I once cared for you, Alenia, as a father might for a child. But now, but to see now what it is you've become, a delusional, selfish, ungrateful brat. Alenia scoffs at the mage and repeats the demand for him to surrender. I could leave and you would never find me, he says as an unsettling smile sleeps across his continence. But that would leave just another pair of grievances to be rectified at some point in the future. No, I think I'll tend to this small matter. Here. And now. With astonishing speed, Blue Boots shoots his scan hand skyward. His body shakes as a distant but glowing rumble fills the air. His dark eyes widen, and a maniac grin supplants his leering smile. Clearly alarmed by what is taking place, Alina shouts for you to take cover as she thrusts her hands out towards the black crowed mage. Like her former mentor, her own body also shakes as she hurriedly attempts to channel her own powers, though nothing seems to happen. It looks like this young spellcaster may have already depleted her magical reserves. It also appears she may be too late. With a blue boy's voice deep and menacing, wars with the fury of a raging storm as he shrieks the odd words by which to summon his magic. Boulders from the sky! A large number of pebbles and small rocks suddenly pour down from above, glancing off you before dropping to the ground and scattering across the packed earth. Alagrina shouts for you to take cover as, as, as she dashes to the edge of the square and dives behind a pony cart. Blue Bolt's eyes remain fixed on the sky as he repeats his strange, unsettling cry. Boulders from the sky! Okay, so I can heed Alina's warning and take cover, or rush forward, or rush forward and att attack Blue Boots. Uh, okay, I'll take cover. Okay, glancing about, about the village square, you quickly determine three possible places that might afford you cover from whatever deadly magic Blue Boots is presumably attempting to unleash. Okay, so I could attempt to reach the Iron Toe Tavern, attempt to hide next to the village well, take cover with Elenia behind the pony cart, or rush forward and attack... Blue boots. Oh, I, I really don't know what to do, so. Random.org again. It's going to be one. Attempt to reach the Iron Toe Tavern. You turn and dash towards the Iron Toe Tavern. A low stone and wood structure. Stone? Done. That's good. That's good. Wood structure on the western side of the square. The tavern's door is wide open and you instinctively make for it, hoping to dive into the building before Blue Boots is able to fully harnish whatever magic he is tempting to conjure. Pick a random number. Bonus of 39. 20 from body, 20 from agility, 9 from luck. Pick now. Oh, got to get 50, 75 or more to get there in time. Pick now. 111. Success. You reach the tavern and die through its open door, landing hard on its age-worn planks that make up its uneven floor. Several of Maldwin's citizens are cowering towards the back of the common room. Hmm. Well, I assume they they decided it's a, well, maybe not a safe place, but safer, presumably because, well, taverns tend to be... When you're making a tavern, you do it properly. Because you don't want your tavern to fall down. Because where would you get drunk? The frightened lot, lot of five stares at you in horror but says nothing. Suddenly, 
the terrifying roar of thunder shakes a tavern, eliciting a terrified shriek from a large man pressed into a far corner. Your eyes were immediately drawn to a square where outside where several large boulders plummet down from the sky, you know, like you said, and slam into the ground, bending themselves into the packed earth with unfathomable force. Oh, oh, oh that's devastating. Your thoughts immediately return to Alenia, fearing for the young woman's safety. You're about to step outside to see if you can catch sight of her when something unexpected alters your brazen plan. Alenia bursts into the tavern and stumbles into a table. The young woman spins around, breathless from what was apparently a sprint from the far side of the square, and repeatedly shifts her concerned gaze from you to the village square. Can't let him continue to summon magic, she says. We need to reach him. Realising at once that what she's just said is indeed correct, you tell her the two of you should charge him. She nods, and after allowing her a few moments to regain her wind, both of you bolt from the tavern and dash towards the black road maid. Bluebirds cries out in alarm as the two of you swiftly close in. You reach Blue Boots and strike the sinister mage a solid blow that sends him tumbling backwards across the packed earth of the village square. He curses loudly and staggers to his feet, apparently much less affected by the blow than you hoped he would be. Hmm. I guess he's somehow transferred some of the earthy toughness to himself, or something like that. He glares at you contemptuously. Well, there are other ways to settle things, he snarls, scratching both of his hands and holding them towards the ground. Giants from the earth! Your pulse quickens and you take a step back. Alenia has drawn up to your side just as the ground beneath your feet begins to quake. The earth before you explodes! showering you with rocks and dirt as nearly a dozen stone hurlers rise from the ground and immediately stomp in your direction. Now, whoa, that is so overpowered. I can usually only summon a two, two or so elementals at once, but he can summon a dozen. Although, admittedly, he's probably bet much worse at everything else. Blue Boots shouts something, but his voice is drowned out by the thundering steps and roaring bellows of his encroaching stone minions. The black robed maid bows deeply, shimmers, bri- shimmers briefly and vanishes. Oh, he can also do that. Sir Crokington, to your left, shouts Elena as she moves to white. A gaze frozen on the elemental legion now bearing down on you with alarming swiftness. Heeding her warning, you spin to your left and find a stone hurler nearly upon you. Its massive fist weighs in anticipation of striking you a single decisive blow. Here's a stone hurler. Squats at you with its massive fist. I swing my big festive club at it. The smasher wallops your foe for 7 damage. Devastating blow for 30 damage on me. Another wallop for 8. It is slain. I didn't really get many hits in that time. And that was 8 XP if I didn't say that before. Another stone hurler. It was also 8 XP if I did say that before. Although the stone hurler stomps through the pile of rubble before you and attacks, swiping out at you with his massive fists. Alelia, now falling away to your left, is entangled with two more of the towering elementals. It's another stone hurler. Swats at you with his massive fists. There's a devastating blow and another devastating blow. I wallop it. Devastating blow for 18 damage. It is slain. Oh, and I wallop it for 10 damage. 8 XP. The third stone hurler, stern hurler is upon you. It's almost instantly upon you. It's deafening bellows assailing your ears as it attacks. It's another stone hurler. Swatches you with his massive fists. And I go into a battle wage. Hey! Stop! Ah. 
Stop summoning these things. I'm trying to stop you from killing people. And, you know, understand what the heck you're doing. And you know what? Maybe if you have some evidence about the person you're, you know, chasing down, maybe I could go after him. Because uh, my methods don't involve involve having giant stone elementals running amok. It's just me running amok. And I don't want amok as much. I, I, want, I want a tidy. I want a tidy. Or something like that. Watch you with massive fist, devastating blow for 33 damage. It is slain. Another 8 XP without a moment to catch your breath. You step to your right and engage a fourth stone hurler, dodging the creature's deadly swipes and swiftly countering your own attack. You swing your clubs at your enemy. The stone hurler swats at you with his massive fist. Alright, just gonna bash it. Devastating blow for 20 damage, not so bad. It is slain for another 8 XP. A fifth stone hurler, slightly larger than the rest, just slightly, stomps forward and swats at you. Its massive fists coming to within inches of crushing you to death. Having nimbly dodged the stone giant's initial swipes, you brazenly launch an assault against your mighty foe. This is a stone hurler. I begin combat! I swing my club, it swats with its massive fists, as they do. I mean, maybe they'd be more effective if they could hurl, but I'll probably just use fortification to block the block the stones and then just fight them anyway. Devastation. Because th- this game really doesn't have, have the mechanics for ranged combat as a system. Because that that'd be a real pig to set up. Yeah, he deals devastating blow for twenty six damage, and it is slain. Another eight XP. As the stone hurler crumples to a heap of heap heap of rubble at your feet, Alina's desperate cry reaches your ears. You spin around to find the young woman surrounded by three of the towering earthen terrors. She continues to dodge their blows, though it's immediately apparent she appears unable to fight back. Six more stone hurlers explode out of the ground. How many can he make? You're just yards to just a few yards to your right and stomp towards you. Their fearsome chorus of be- of bellows rising into the air. So, I can rush to Alenia's aid, hold off the advance of the six stone hurlers. I'm going to probably have to fight them at some point, you know, unless I can, unless I deal with blue boots, because then they might just stop existing, because that sometimes happens. Anyway, I'm healing myself first. I'm going to rush to Alenia's aid, because I'm definitely not fleeing, because that's not heroic. You charge towards Elenia and attack two of the stone hurlers that have her pinned down. The massive stone beings immediately turn away from their young woman and direct their deadly attack at you. Alright, I've already achieved most of my goal and I haven't even hit them yet. Begin combat. They swat you with massive fist. Wallop the foe for nine damage. Alright, and slain. Eight XP. You turn and place yourself between the second stone troller and Elenia, who continues to battle the third. The mighty elemental stomps forward and attacks. It's another stone hurler. A stone hurler swats you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just fighting like the other ones. Devastating blow for some damage. Another devastating blow. It is slain. 8 XP. You turn to rush to Elenia's aid, only to find she's managed to defeat her foe. Well, of course. A heap of rubble lies at the young woman's feet, shaking, which you ascertain is after an effect of a magical assertion. Helena throws up her eyes, hands and curses. Where is he? He's gone. We can't stay here. These things aren't going to stop coming. They should... They should crumble back to nothing after a while, but we don't need to wait around and hope for it. Let's go. With that... The two of you bolt from the square and don't stop running until you reach the western outskirts of the village. Okay, we've passed an hour. 
So, I'm gonna stop now. I'm not quite sure how much is left. But it's gonna be in another episode. So, anyway. Then, in the next episode, we'll find out what we find out on the find on the western skirts of the village and how we stop blue boots and do his elementals want a muck and what and do we ever find with well but that is for next time but until then farewell fellow adventurers Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.